0: Welcome back. Hi, friend. My name is Lane Kennedy, and this is The Connected Calm Life. I live in long-term recovery, and what that means is I haven't had a drink. Yeah, no vodka martinis or any of the mind-altering substances, including Snickers bars, since 1996. That's a long time. Yeah, Oh, sometimes it's hard to believe, but the good news for you is that you're here and I'm going to share about recovery and emotional wellness and all things to keep you connected and calm. Today's episode, I have Michelle Ferris back on the show. I'm thrilled to have her. So let's get into it now and then join the members area to continue on the conversation. You can find out more at the Connected Calm Life. Jump in, become a member. It's free.
1: I'll see you there. Thanks again for listening and let's jump. Hey, it's Michelle Ferris. It's the Connected Calm Life.
0: Hey, Michelle, how are you today?
1: Oh, great. How are you? So good. (laughs) You're always so good. (laughs) You know, not
0: always. Not always. That's true. You know, not always. Some days are hard and some days I struggle with getting out of bed but I get out of bed anyways, because that's, that's what recovery has given me that gift of being willing to just move my body.
1: Well, yeah, I know that it's going to pass.
0: How long did it take for you to get that? that That's going (laughs) to pass.
1: I want to say 15 years probably to really (laughs) get that, you know, feelings aren't facts kind of thing
0: time takes time just saying there it is oh everyone you know listeners out there in the listening world thank you for being here michelle ferris is with us again and if you haven't listened to episode 96 i want to encourage you to go back and listen to that episode because she's awesome and she rocked it talking about codependency then she was on time takes time as well That's uh it's such incredible insight and a gift for sober women in really trudging the way in recovery. You're 30, was it 32, 36, 30, yeah. 32. 32 years. It's a long time of living in a solution. Right. That's that's where you're at. And I I, I love that. I love when I find I'm quoting my people. <laughs> <laughs> my people who I don't have to say much because you'll just understand. Right. You're just like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so much comfort in that.
1: And well, yeah, because we're not alone.
0: <sighs> Can you imagine doing this alone?
1: No, I would have given up. I would have left. Right? Yeah. No. I, I don't. no. It's
0: no, I feel like life, we need others. We need others in recovery to live mm-hmm. the life now. It's, so it's, Yeah. Today we're talking, we're getting, we're going to dive in to self-worth and creating value and having faith and living a life, uh, that's important to ourselves. And like, I wake up in the morning and I want to go, I want to do things. I want to be in it. Yep. Uh, do you have that as well?
1: I do. And yet I also have those days where it's it's treachery and I have to remind myself, this is going to pass just because I'm feeling funky in the moment. I'm going to be okay. And sometimes, honestly, I'll make myself say out loud, like 10 things I'm grateful for. And usually by the eighth, I'm good. But I have to remember like, oh yeah, I got to shift my thinking because my thinking is now stinking and I need to get right. out of that. Um, oh, that's right. I know. The stinky thinking. Yes.
0: <sighs> Man. Last time you were on the show, we, t- we started to get into codependency
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, investigating what type of codependency you, you might be or struggle with, right. uh, and we got into a great conversation around uh, you being in long-term recovery and making a mistake, an accident with your house in Tahoe. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> Such a good story. Uh, and today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this codependency and where is the line between codependency and your own self-worth and standing on your own, but being mm-hmm. you know, in a relationship and not giving everything away, but there's what I've discovered over the years is, is, you know, being able to stand on my own two feet, be strong and centered. Mm-hmm. And before inviting someone into my circle, being very sure of myself.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's a real gift of your recovery.
0: That, that's exactly, mm-hmm. it is a gift of recovery. Because in my early recovery, it was oh, it was kind of messy. I mean, yeah, face it. I was like, "What am I doing? Where am I going? Who am I sleeping with?" Like, it was messy, right? right. <laughs> so, how do we uh, travel this road of worthiness, right? Like, how do we even mm-hmm. begin to excavate the path to self worth so we can have relationships that are not all woven together and codependent,
1: right? Well, the codependent person tends to find their value externally, right? From their mm-hmm. For their relationships, their job, the amount they're giving to other people. So I think with anything, we have to kind of realize what we're doing. Like, oh, I am actually giving myself away with these relationships or... Uh, in my job, or I'm overly compulsively giving to all these organizations and I have no time for myself because that's my identity. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to recognize that that's not working. And then, of course, the harder job is to start turning that focus back to ourselves because it's not as sexy. It's so much easier Mm -hmm. to glob onto that outside source for that praise and that acknowledgement but it's much harder to give it to yourself, which is why I think that's the deeper work in recovery. Oh,
0: giving myself. I, I was just thinking giving myself away. Yeah. So I just want to go back in time to different various time, you know, moments in recovery of like, when I didn't realize that, mm-hmm. like, that's the language, right? I'm giving myself away. So I want to equate this to workaholism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who jump into recovery and they go all in. Right. And then they they're all of a sudden an entrepreneur and or they're they they getting a new job mm-hmm. and they're working 15 hours a day.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that is right, isn't that a like oh, yeah. giving yourself to- away?
1: Yeah. Cause we don't know how to do it half ass. <laughs> we either overdo it or underdo it. Mm-hmm. We don't really know how to do it in balance. And that's really the goal of recovery is how do you give or do your job or be in a relationship, but actually stay centered and not lose yourself in the process.
0: Right. I remember I was eight years, seven, mm-hmm. eight, not like in that eight, 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 nine, ten, 10 in there. Yeah and i had uh opened uh, opened an agency and i was making hand over fist money like coming out the crazy and i was working tw- i mean li- my phone was like embedded in my hand
1: mm, uh huh
0: and i didn't understand that that was like a codependent relationship
1: mm.
0: and i was super like in, in, you know woven into this company and the business and mm-hmm
1: and how that defined you.
0: That's it right there. Yeah. How it defi- I felt important. Yeah. I felt like I was needed. Yeah. And you know, I had uh, people calling me mm-hmm. and asking me questions. Sure. You were an expert. I had the answers. <laughs> right? And and I hid I hid in that. That was like really cool. And I was making six figures. So so there's I think there's layers to yeah. this the codependency and the self-worth, right? Cause that defined who I was right? at, at that time in my recovery. Have you been in that situation? It, let's talk about work for a little bit and then we'll transfer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Has that um, happened to you in the work area?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Like I would compare myself to other people and go, oh, <sighs> I'm not doing it in social media like somebody else. Yeah, And I quickly though realized, oh my God, I can't do that to myself cause it hurts so much. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I would compare myself to people who were totally different than me mm-hmm. and it wasn't fair. And mm-hmm. I, and I luckily had enough recovery not to do that. But for me, I lost myself more in my friendships with women. That's where I totally went downhill, uh, in my recovery from zero to 15, where I just didn't know how to I always looked to other women to validate me because I didn't get that growing up. Mm -hmm. So I felt like if you liked me, then I was okay. But if you Mm -hmm. didn't like me, uh uh-oh, that meant something was really wrong and I had to figure it out, which was, you know, not really fun (laughs) in recovery.
0: Yeah. Because you're so vulnerable, right? In recovery, we are like, we're just open. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and to be fair, I don't think most people learn how to really esteem themselves growing up. I mean, so of course we're going to find some external way of doing that until we realize, oh my God, this is emptying because my relationship has just walked out the door or I just lost that job. Mm -hmm. And then you're back at square one.
0: Oh yeah. And being back at square one. That's a doozy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, that's when our tribe comes in, right? Because then we go to our meetings and go, oh my God, what do I do? And we can get validation for, you know, the next doing the next right thing. Is it that simple? You know, I think in the moment it can be because if Mm -hmm. I'm struggling, I will. I'll go to a meeting and I'll talk about it. And then I do feel better because Mm -hmm. somebody in that meeting is going to say, I felt the same way. Or they'll be nodding their head in agreement. And that's enough for me to go, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. I know this is going to pass, but I can't do that part mm-hmm. alone. I can't validate myself all the time and never have any feedback because I don't want to be alone in the disease of addiction or codependency or everything else.
0: That, that's being alone in the disease of addiction or codependency. Yeah.
1: yeah. Way that too hard. death, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and yet I've met so many people that they do recovery, but they don't do 12 step and they don't do group support. And I'm right. amazed that they could do it.
0: Yeah. Well, you know? that's the new, that's the new recovery.
1: Yeah. Right? People true.
0: are finding recovery, their own pathway Yeah. without the support. And I am super curious about this. I am Mm -hmm. open-minded and I I can't wait to see what happens in 10 years with these people. Yeah. Or 15, you know, like long-term, where are they going to land? I don't know.
1: Well, I think some of them are landing in your program, in recovery coaching programs because they don't like the 12 steps for whatever reason, but they find another community. And that's why I think it's so great that they're available because there are so many people searching for a community, but they don't want 12 steps. Yeah. So far out. I'm grateful you're providing that.
0: Yeah, it's so true. That it's finding your home, finding your little place, yeah. finding your pocket. Yep. To sink into like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think there's something about that with the value of like self-worth, like giving yourself, it's almost like a gift. Mm, yeah. That yeah. you're providing yourself. You know, like I'm willing to show up to this group and be really uncomfortable the first time right, just right. to see how it feels. And then, oh my God, I had such a great time. I have to be there again. This happened. This just happened in our last uh, gathering that we did. Oh. Uh, a, a woman showed up and she's like, I didn't want to be here. I mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, when's the next one?
1: Yeah. Cause she didn't feel alone anymore.
0: No, mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating to me how... The brain just, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to do right. it. I don't want to be a part of. Right. And I think therein lies the sense of self-worth and value that we, like, we're like, we up against. We're up against mm-hmm. that disease or that thinking, stinking thinking that you said earlier.
1: Right, right. All the time. Yeah. So, and low self-esteem is part of recovery. That is part of recovery. Yes.
0: And I think we don't,
1: we don't talk about that enough. No, because we are comparing ourselves to the other person in the seat next to us thinking, oh my God, they have the better job. They have the better marriage. They have the better blah, blah, blah. When, you know, you have no idea where somebody started. So it's really unfair to compare ourselves.
0: (laughs) So true. I was just listening to a meditation teacher Mm -hmm. and she's getting all kinds of, you know, like just accolades. Uh Uh-huh. And she's out there. And I'm thinking to myself, how come, like, what? I don't understand. Come to find out. And I had a spiritual moment. She was on welfare, mm. living out of a trailer. Wow. Trying mm. to do the best she could. She got sober. And then she had a new path. And now she gets to share her process mm-hmm. of meditation and mindfulness, right? hmm But in that moment, my self-worth, my self-esteem went in the toilet, you know, like my judging, the judgment, it's like a visceral reaction that I have. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes the work that is constant for all of us. Would you agree not agree where are you are oh, at? Oh,
1: I totally agree because I have mm-hmm. times when I have one person in particular that I can compare my work to. Uh-huh. And I love her and we're great friends, uh-huh. but we're very different. Mm-hmm. And I think for me in my recovery, I've just had to accept that I am going to have dips. Yeah. Now, the dips aren't as bad as when I first started, that's for sure. They don't go into full-blown shame attacks and, "Oh my yeah. god, I'm worthless." But I do dip. And if I can accept the dip as part of recovery, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want people to know is that it's not like 32 years you're, you've arrived. Right. It's, it's a little bit easier because you have more practice. That's all it is. But you also accept that, yeah, you're going to have dips. You're going to feel like I'm going to compare myself to you lane and go, God, man, I'm not as eloquent as you. I'm not as articulate as you. I don't have to be, no. but that's part of my recovery is sometimes I am going to dip there.
0: Right. It's, it, that is the spiritual program. That is a spiritual growth. That is the spiritual tools that we in long-term recovery and, and the women at, you know, that are coming up. Right. It's like, that's what we're sharing with you today yes. is that recovery is this process. And each of us it's on our own time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and building this muscle of self-worth and having a foundation of values that you could stand on. It takes time. It yeah. just takes time. And when we're looking at our relationships with our best girlfriends right, <laughs> or with our partners or with whoever, right. Mm-hmm. It's really evaluating. I mean, do you evaluate your needs? And then say, are the, is this person, am I getting what I need? Or is it just about like, I just want my needs met by me. Does it matter what they bring to the table? Right. Like,
1: oh, I I think it's a little of both. I mean, absolutely in recovery, it's you know, how is, is this relationship meeting my needs? Right. And yeah. am I being realistic or yeah. am I expecting this relationship to solve all my problems oh, and make me happy? Yeah. Because then I know I'm toast because I'm I'm way off base. Yeah. And I think that's, what's hard is if you're a codependent, you probably struggle with some form of relationship addiction. And for me, I had to hit that bottom where my friend said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Oh, Uh, and this was after like, we talked four or five times a week. I mean, she was like a sister, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had to wake up and realize, oh crap. I literally put someone in the higher power seat again, even though I had my recovery and everything was going good. I thought, Mm -hmm. but when she ended that friendship, I tanked and I shouldn't have tanked as much as I did. And that's why, because I relied on her too much and I didn't even realize it.
0: How long were you in recovery at that point?
1: God, this only happened like four and a half years ago. It's brilliant. So this was a huge wake up call because I ha- I literally, there were so many other things that were going on in the yep. friendship that were healthier, yep. but I totally missed it. Like yeah. I, I put someone in the driver's seat again, but it was humbling.
0: It's fascinating how we don't even, we don't see it. Like we, I don't see it at all. Right. Right. Cause I'm in it and I think everything is great. Right. And then it, it's not great.
1: (laughs) Well, and to be fair, I think it's because relationships are so complex that we probably are doing some things differently and we think it's good enough, but we might still have that blind spot that is going to bite us in the ass (laughs) eventually. And that's what happened. It bit me in the ass. But again, now, because that was so painful, I Mm -hmm. will never do that again to myself. I am so much more aware of when I am, uh, cause I'm super into female friends. i love yeah, it, yeah. but I can tell, like, if I want to start chasing them, if I want more, mm-hmm. I pull myself back because I'm like, Michelle, you don't want to go through that pain again. And I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so does that stop?
0: Does that stop the intimacy of a, a of a new relationship?
1: No, it just no. makes it more healthy because like the last couple friends I've made, yeah have been lovely, but it's taken time. Yeah. And I'm very aware that I can't call them four times a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) It's not, you know, most people don't have that level of desire, first of all, or time, Mm -hmm. but I can tell because if I'm making more calls than they are, I'm in it. And that's when I have to pull back, but intimacy doesn't mean enmeshment. And I think that's, The other part with when you're codependent is you think being close is, oh my God, lots of talking, lots of texting, lots of contact, and it's actually probably too much for one or both people.
0: Amen. (laughs) And yet, tough. (laughs) Tough It's such a fine line. It is such a fine line. I have Mm -hmm. to constantly check myself on that, Yeah, Yeah, right? Because it's... It's automatic. Like I want to be really close. I want to be like, I'm like busy body Be here, you know. Oh, did you hear about this? Did you know about this? But
1: yeah, because we're connectors.
0: But yes, when we're connectors, it's like we're double whammied. We're just like, right, right. <laughs> like, where I feel like that's I've had to constantly watch and be mindful of my relationships, mm-hmm. and and during the pandemic. Uh, I've had relationships fall apart, and uh, it's allowed me to really assess
1: mm-hmm.
0: how to interact and how to yeah. walk that. It's a very fine line. I feel like
1: oh, it really is.
0: Like I can't give too much, right? And there, I don't know if you can feel. You, I'm sure you can feel it when somebody's being needy. Oh yeah. Right. What do you do when somebody's being needy, Michelle? I just like, I back on like, yeah, I back off too,
1: but I I just stay, stay quiet and let them talk, you know? But I also am really mindful because I've been that needy person Yes. so I can have some compassion, but I also am really clear that like, I'll go to a meeting sometimes and someone will want to be my friend, but they would feel more like a client. Yeah. And I'm like, they they can't, (laughs) then they can't be a friend because if I I think they're like a client, yeah. No, it's not going to be appropriate.
0: Yeah. Cause you can't talk to them like you would a friend. I, I have the same exact, I know exactly oh, I'm sure what you you're do. talking about. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, it's again, boundary. fine line right there, right there yep. in the sand. Uh, so yes, relationships are very complex and they can be complicated and messy. And I'm all about getting messy in relationships. Yeah, I mean, I, It's life. Yep. I'm going to be real. It is life. But there is this sense of like, I've been sober long enough to place a pause before reacting. And that's huge saying it's over. (laughs) Uh, uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Like that would have been like the old, I would have been, bye, Mm -hmm. you're out of my life. And that's taken a lot of time over the years to just pause
1: mm-hmm.
0: instead of why aren't you calling me? Right. Like, the, right. I think this codependency uh, topic can go all over the place. <laughs> like oh, my, yeah. my need to have somebody like, call me like, why aren't they calling me?
1: Yeah. Well, and taking that personally versus yeah. Like I have a friend, she's a dear friend, but she doesn't call me much. And it took me a long time to realize that's just how she is. Like it has nothing to do with me at all. And if I can accept that, then I can Mm -hmm. really enjoy the friendship for what it is. But if I'm expecting more, I'm always Mm -hmm. going to be frustrated and disappointed. And I've had to learn the hard way that, oh my God, I'm literally creating my own misery when I do that.
0: So how do we get into acceptance? Around that. How do you how did you get into acceptance around it?
1: I had to learn how to be my own friend and spend time with myself. And I swear in recovery, I did not want to do that. I had mm-hmm. no desire. I could go to the movies by myself. That was about the extent of it. <laughs> yep. But when the friendship ended, I realized, holy cow, I have to have a relationship with myself. So I literally had to practice sitting down mm-hmm. and being with myself. And not wanting to do a million things, not want to be on the phone and call people, but to just like start enjoying my own company by being alone. And that was huge.
0: Yeah. When you go on walks, do you listen to podcasts or do you just walk?
1: I do both. I'll do podcasts sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but then sometimes I'll I'll have my earphones on and I'll talk like I'm talking to someone, but I'm actually talking to God. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, this is long-term recovery right <laughs> Yeah, it totally works because it I totally need works. I need that output.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I do.
1: <laughs> Same thing.
0: I funny? love that you brought that up. but I think I mean my husband would think I was crazy.
1: Oh yeah, so would mine. But well, you, not really. Mine's in you understand. Okay, so see,
0: mine's not. So he would be like, okay. Who are you talking to? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so I I noticed, I think it was last week, I I was getting a little Yeah, I'm going away, and I was like, I got to schedule all this stuff. I got to do all this stuff. And I noticed myself getting more anxious. Yeah. And when I do that, I remember, like, I know I have a practice. I got to remember to practice. Right. But instead of doing that, I noticed that I was like, I got to call somebody. I got to do, like, I got to listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I heard leave the phone at home and just go walk.
1: Oh, Uh right. Yeah. And that was a
0: moment of like, I was listening,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: you know, and I, th- there's this like validation that happens just by listening. Right. And filling myself up with that walk. I didn't take the dogs, which is a miracle. Cause I usually mm-hmm. like got to take the dogs. Right. Cause it, they're all distractions.
1: Right. Right.
0: But the truth of the matter is that I needed to just Come back to planet Earth. (laughs) Well, you paused (laughs) and I paused Mm -hmm. and I had a beautiful walk. And during that time, I actually had one of those great aha moments Mm. that I would have missed completely. You know? So there is something beautiful about being your own friend, learning how to pause. How long did it last you? When did you start being your own friend?
1: Probably about four and a half years ago. Really, I mean, I started before yeah. them, but okay. not like a deep dive. The deep yeah. dive okay. was was so dead. that breaking up of that
0: relationship really kind of oh, yeah. changed changed the way you yeah. live. That's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, you talk a lot about this validating externally, or you've talked about mm-hmm. right. So let's let's share with our ladies, with our friends who are listening like what that would look like some really concrete Mm -hmm. examples.
1: So external validation is absolutely who you're in a relationship with your relationship status. Some people feel good when they're married um, or when they're in a relationship or when they have a best friend, Uh, people do it with social media all the time. Social
0: media. Okay. Let's, let's pause there for a minute. (laughs) Let's just pause there because the social media is like, it's killer.
1: Yeah, it is killer.
0: Yes. I am, I'm like, how can I get, a? how can I get away from social media validation?
1: You know, yeah. I have to pause. That's when yeah. I really have to pause and go, okay, what am I doing this for? If yeah. I'm doing this to provide value for my audience, which is yeah. always my goal, yeah. then I'm good. Yeah. If I get into more than that, I'm toast. And some, and you know, some posts Mm. are going to do better than others. Some topics Mm. are going to do better Mm. than others. And that's just the way it rolls. Mm -hmm. But I have to go back to my purpose. Like if I'm fulfilling my purpose, then I'm good.
0: Okay. I, I want you to listen. If I'm fulfilling my purpose, I'm good. Yeah. In regards to social media. Yeah. So First, you have to stop and pause and ask yourself the question. Right. So we're we're asking you to stop and pause and ask the question, <laughs> because social media is one of those places where it can consume our time, our energy, and take away that val- that that self value, that self worth.
1: Right. Because we're expecting it to come from the likes, right, in the audience, and it's just not going to.
0: No. No. The likes. Oh, I only got five likes on this post.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: like, no, that is not gonna fill your cup. That's not <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I I was thinking about pausing on social media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm working with a, a marketing person, and, and she was like, Oh, really? Well, then how are people gonna hear your message? Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's like a double, it's like, oh. Right.
1: But see, that's, again, the codependent dilemma of instead of focusing outward, if we can change that focus to what our intention is, it's a lot more powerful because we can control that. We can't control the outcome.
0: No, I think that's why I love the community so much Mm -hmm. because I can just create and do what I'm going to do and play in there and whoever's going to be there, it's intentional. It's on purpose. Right. And it's, I have fun in there.
1: (laughs) That's so great. I love that you provide that.
0: So when you are having this conundrum with the external validation and you're like, enough is enough. I'm done with this. Yeah. Right. What's her next move?
1: I think starting to acknowledge what you like about yourself. Ooh, I like that. Like what are the compliments you typically get Mm -hmm. from people? What Mm -hmm. are the things you can say, you know, I really like that about myself because that's not arrogant. That's just healthy self-worth. You know, we're not being better than and we don't want to be less than. We want to be equal and enough. That's the goal of healthy self-esteem. And so if I can look at things that I can appreciate about myself, even that story about Tahoe, when people hopefully go back and listen to it, it's like I had to own that that was a big mistake. Yeah. But that was part of who I am.
0: That was so. When you said that, that you had to, okay, go back and listen to episode ninety six, please. <laughs> Even if you've already listened to it, go back and listen to it again because it is such a profound moment. I, I remember when you talked about that. I was like, oh, oh I know, so it was deep. It, it's so deep, and you know, you're in long term recovery, right? Like it happened. It didn't happen when you were two years sober, or five years sober, or ten years sober, nope. right? That that kind of insight. And that acknowledgement is so profound that it it increases your self-worth. It increases yeah, because
1: you accept yourself like, oh, yes. yeah, oops, I made another mistake. Instead of, oh, I shouldn't make another mistake like that. Right. I have too right. much time to do that. That's bull. Yeah. That's complete bull.
0: Yeah. There's no shame, no blame. It's just owning up who you are. Yep. So, so okay. Okay. So we're going to go into what is... um. Like, what do you like about yourself? Mm-hmm. And then what about her relationship? Does she do any parameters around her relationship? Do you think?
1: Yeah. You might look at your relationship and go, okay, where am I asking too much? Mm-hmm. Where am mm-hmm. I losing myself? Because now question. like I can have a friendship. Yeah. And as long as I don't have it take over too much time and too much energy, I'm good. I can stay centered. But the minute I start going overboard and thinking mm-hmm. about that person too much or wanting their approval too much, then I know I've crossed into uh, codependent territory and I'm back into external validation,
0: right? That external validation. So if you don't know me and you're new to this show, I uh, have a long relationship with the G.O.D. And, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I have, I favor the G.O.D. And I have a deep connection to the G.O.D. And it has taken me time and years to understand that my validation only comes from that. Mm. And that's why I'm so adamant about Supporting women and practicing and developing a practice Mm -hmm. so they can stay in connection with that relationship. Because this internal validation changes the conversations that we have in our head. Yeah. Changes how you and I relate. Right. Right. Like, there's, I wrote about this in my book about like, there's no hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Right. We are coming to the table
1: as equals.
0: And that like, can we all live there?
1: Yeah. No kidding.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Why does there have to be this hierarchy of I'm better or she's this and they don't have this, but I have like, it's just so damaging to the psyche.
1: I know. But I think the reason we have that is because people are just scrambling to try to matter. So they're doing Mm -hmm. it in dysfunctional ways.
0: Okay. Let's talk more about that. That's fascinating. Say more about that.
1: Well, if you're a child with coming from a dysfunctional family and you don't know how to build your self-esteem, you're either going to put yourself less than or better than you're not going to have any clue what equal looks like. Yeah. So you may be judgmental. You may compare yourself and go, well, I'm better than so-and-so or, mm-hmm. oh, I'm terrible next to so-and-so. So mm-hmm. you basically bounce between the two Yeah. and it's not because you're bad or wrong. It's because you literally aren't shown healthy role models of healthy self-esteem. I mean, look at the public in the media. We either mm-hmm. have movie stars that have it all I- or we have violent people who are nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really don't have a lot of, yeah. well, I don't want to say a lot, like Tom Hanks to me would be perfect. <laughs> He's like the good old guy, mm-hmm. humble, you know? So, I mean, I'm not saying we don't have any, but we don't have a lot.
0: That's such a fascinating way to to view this and to point it out, like, who are your role models? Yeah, right. right. Who Who can you model?
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: growing up, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anybody, Michelle, that has like perfect, not even perfect. It's not the right word, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. grew up in a, you know, very kind, either. very supportive, very loving, very nurturing household. Right. right. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating to me. And even in my house, you know, with my son, you know, I try,
1: mm-hmm. I fail. <laughs> yeah. T- but you're giving him so much from your recovery and that's what we have to hold on to is that he is having a different life based on your recovery.
0: Yeah. That is the truth right there. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank goodness for that. Uh, I want to cover one. I want to circle back Mm -hmm. to this idea around being your own friend and cultivating that relationship with self.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: because I think that's where it it has to start.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, does it take the breakup to discover this?
1: Well, I've seen people who are rocking it a lot earlier than I did because they have more tools, they have more resources. I mean, in 89, when I started, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't any online. So, you know, you basically just went to meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So now it's a lot different, but I think real self-esteem, I think we really have to start with self-trust. Like I was just doing a video on this and I was thinking, you know, now if I feel something instead of asking five or 10 people, do you agree with me? Mm. (laughs) Because I couldn't trust it. Yeah. I could say, no, you know what? This is exactly how I feel. And it's okay. Even yeah. if you disagree with me, I can, I can hang in there with myself because mm-hmm. I trust that what I feel and what I think is good enough. Yeah. It doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be wrong. It's my experience. And I get to be the authority on my experience.
0: So perfect. I get to be the authority on my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But I think that right there, become the authority on your experience. I mean, and that's what recovery is. Uh, I just did another call with time takes time. And we were talking about like owning yeah. our path yeah, and being really true to ourselves mm-hmm. and how we have to exercise that every day. Yeah. Otherwise it gets really muddy and mucky and unclear. And then we're all woven up in somebody else's life.
1: You know, I remember when one of my uh, old friends in Al-Anon said to me, you know how people get really nervous before they speak at a meeting. Mm. And he said to me, you can't mess up your own story. Right. And that always stuck with me like, huh. So yeah. basically I can tell whatever version of the story I want and it's never going to be wrong. And that really uh, stuck with me because it made me realize how non-judgmental it really is.
0: Right. It's so it's so great. Yeah. The people listening to you are not judging. Like they're just listening. No. They just so, want
1: to hear your story. And you yeah. can't mess up your own story when you no, really you think cannot. about it. <laughs> and, unless you're lying. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs>
0: but but if you're in recovery and you're on this path of recovery, then you are really trying to live an honest life and be happy and free from addiction. Uh, Yeah. You can't mess up your own story. I love that.
1: I know. I loved that too. It always Mm -hmm. stuck with me, you know, and and I hear people share their first shares are like five minutes Mm because that's all they can do. Yeah. And then two years later, they take the full 15 and it's so cool. It's like, you can really see them coming into their own. And that's what I love about the program. It's
0: it's easy, easy. Oh my goodness. Uh, So we're going to live with accepting the dip. Yeah. We're going to uh, consider our complex relationships and allow them to just be. Uh, We're going to learn how to be our own friend. Uh, We're going to consider perhaps who our role models are today. I think that's where I want to close our conversation, Michelle, because that's such a good, juicy question,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like really investigate, you know, do you have a role model? Mm-hmm. Do you have a role model, Michelle?
1: I do. I have some in recovery for sure. Nice. I do. For sure. I do. Uh,
0: so if you have a role model, consider who they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe expand your awareness. Mm-hmm and be on the lookout for something new to inspire you to live your best worth self to live your best life uh, and not to get mixed up with codependent relationships trusting yourself and being true
1: because that's all you can do
0: yeah that's it that's it that's all we have Michelle, thanks again for being with us and for hanging out and talking about this really personal, uh, you know, conversation, this relationships that we get into, uh, it gets tough
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's nice to know that it can start, we can start breaking these habits or these patterns by just stepping into our own self-worth mm-hmm. and, and exercising, uh, it's, it's like working out.
1: Right, right. It just takes practice.
0: Yeah, practice, 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 practice. All right, Michelle, thanks again.
1: And we'll see you
0: next time. My friend, may you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious it fills you up so you can be the best you can be. Until next time, take good care. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for hanging out with Michelle and I. Please make sure to jump into the community and continue the conversation over there with us. You can find out more at The Connected Calm Life. Yes, I'll see you there. Thanks again.